This is Season 5 of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. This week on the show, useless information about science, yummy food, and a special guest for our music segment. Oh yeah, really looking forward to that. Plus, we'll open up our mailbag. And the headline from news from around the world, police warn of a Florida man... Oh boy, here we go again. Who's sucking people's toes. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. Welcome to episode number 14. Here we go. From Beethoven to Bieber. Rock and roll. To rhythm and blues. This is Totally Useless Music Information with Nick and Roy. Can I stop you? Can I stop you a second? Yes. Yes. Two things. Number one, when do we hear about the toe thing? News from around the world towards the end of the show. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I'm not going to stop sucking toes. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why start now? Why start stopping sucking toes now? Yeah, we'll find that out as we do news from around the world. We thank you for joining us once again. But today we have a very special guest. We had to clean up the studio once again because, you know, every once in a while they need to tidy up because we have company. We have Mm. Eric Alper. He's a music publicist, the host of the Eric Alper show on Sirius XM. And he's also a shameless idealist. Welcome, Eric, to Totally Use This Information with Nick and Roy. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Why are you telling people that you had the office cleaned up? I was the one that cleaned it up. Oh, exactly. right. Yeah, of course. Well, this is part of the, the way he pushed. He pushed the vacuum in different directions. It made the rug look so pretty. <laughs> yeah, we, we've all pushed... what he did with the toilet paper in the bathroom. He made that little V. Yeah, no. you know, you know, it, 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 it shouldn't be a surprise because a lot of a, a lot of my my family and friends would say that I suck anyway. So give, give me yeah. that vacuum cleaner and I'm, I'm a happy yeah. camper. Eric, we, we uh, know that you've been around music a long, long time. And before we get into the useless information about music, tell us how many years you've been around music. I've been around music uh, professionally for about 26, but my earliest memories is hanging out at my grandfather's bar called Grossman's Tavern uh, here in Toronto as a kid. And that's really where I got the music bug, knowing that I can't play an instrument, so I better find something else to do based around music. And, you know, fast forward a couple of decades, became a music publicist and been doing it ever since. Oh, cool. Who is the most uh, famous person that we would know that you've met and hung out with? Um, Ringo Starr from the Beatles. Um, in fact, he's probably so famous. I could just say Ringo Starr and then not have to really say he's from the Beatles. Yeah. But yeah, I worked with him for a couple of years. Um, worked with Sinead O'Connor and Bob Geldof and Ray Charles and Jerry Lee Lewis, among others. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, a little bit about music, not a lot, but just a little. A little bit. You know, to the to the people listening to this show, Nick and I, we we muddle around with some of the highfalutin people in the uh, industry. <laughs> this yeah. is why Eric is on the show. I yeah. mean, you know, but the, go on, Eric. <laughs> well, tell tell us. You know, you've come to us, and, and we've told you what the show is all about. Totally useless information. And the topic, the first topic today, is about music. So, if you wouldn't mind giving us one your first useless piece of music information. For sure. So let's go back to the late 1960s. And there was a group called the Zombies, which a lot of people may know that they had a monster song called Time of the Season that still gets played on classic rock radio stations to this day. Well, it turned out that before that song became a hit, 
the zombies actually split up for good. And the booking agent still had a tour booked for the zombies to play across North America, including Canada. So the booking agent quickly came up with a plan and started looking for musicians to replace the zombies, but still tell people that this is the actual zombies. Keep in mind, this is before much music in MTV and social media. So people didn't really know what the bands look like anyway. Two of the guys in the band became were, were, were actually, I mean, two of the guys in the band were named D. Cruz and Chris Page. Um, pretty kind of, you know, nondescript information. Um, but we know them now as Dusty Hill and Frank Beard, who did the tour as the Zombies, finished the tour, and then started another band called ZZ Top. And they were together for about 55 years after that. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> See? So never take, never turn down a gig because you never know who you're going to meet. Really, yeah, for all right. musicians you're out right. there, you're 100 percent right. Exactly. <laughs> well, in Toronto, I mean, Toronto has a, a a vast and and very deep music history. The opening of a music store in 19, in 1844. That's how far back. 1844. It was a shift towards commercialization of Canadian music. Canadians could then buy sheet music and pianos giving people more access to music creations as well as making it possible for people to practice music on their own. Mm. I think I did PR for that store opening. I think I'm, <laughs> I, I think I'm so old. <laughs> hey, you guys have heard of a clown car, right? Where the clowns get in and it's like, you know, 30, 40 people getting into a very small, like a mini Cooper. Yeah. Well, this is the clown piano. Siberia. How many people you think could play a piano at once? <laughs> In Siberia, they had 23 people literally playing the piano at one time. Now, I don't know how the hell they did that. And they very small had, fingers. It might have had some toe sucking involved in it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. But, but, but was that on Broadway? What was that show on Broadway? Uh, four hands, two pianos or something? I think that was an X-rated film you watched. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. <laughs> I think it was four hands, two organs. <laughs> yeah, that's... That, wow. You're listening, if you still are... We are think, in the music section, Yeah, aren't music, we? not sex. Pianos, <laughs> they're all instruments. Yeah, they are. Instruments of getting into trouble. Uh, thank you for joining us. We are You are listening. If you're still listening, thank you to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy, our very special guest. Is music publicist... Not publisher. You don't publish any music. You just you just tell people about it. Exactly. Okay. Eric Alper, and there he has go. another. Uh, you tell about my country western music. We'll but get. To, I was going to get to that. No, don't worry. <laughs> just, hold hold your horses, Roy. Hold your horses. We'll talk about your country music uh, adventures. So, Eric, what else do you have for us in terms of useless music information? Yeah. So let's let's continue with the 1960s. There was a song called Lola that I'm sure a lot of people know as well by the Kinks. And at the time when this single came out back in 1970, it was recorded back in 1969, came out the following year. At the time, it was one of the most expensive singles ever to be produced. It wasn't the studio. It wasn't the amount of instrumentation on it because it's really just lead singer Ray Davies and the band doing it but he wrote the line tastes like coca-cola and at the time the bbc the main radio station in in england and the uk did not allow 
products to be named in lyrics. So while the Kinks were on tour in New York, they realized that the song was going to be banned. The biggest song that they've ever written was never going to be played on the radio unless they changed the lyrics. Ray Davies hopped on a plane, traveled 6,000 miles back to the UK, did the line tastes like cherry cola, finished it, then went back to New York in order to finish their North American tour. So it was one of the most expensive singles, simply because Ray Davies had to fl- get on a Learjet to change two words in a song. Wow. Wow. I wrote a song called I'm a Florida man who likes to suck toes, but that's another story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the BBC will allow that. They'll allow that song to be on the air yeah, if they want to. Cola. Hello. There you go. Yeah. I and like now this is like, the most expensive show because you might have to pay royalties to Ray Davies for doing that one. I, I, I said completely <laughs> gibberish words and it was a different note. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. It happens so there every you go, ASCAP. <laughs> yeah, Roy puts the ass in ASCAP. <laughs> Leonard Warren. I don't know if anybody knows his name, but in the 1960s, he was the most popular opera singer. He was the uh, Pavarotti of his time. And on March 4th, he sang the opera La Forenza del Destino. And while singing the song, to die a momentous death, he died. (laughs) March 4th, 1960, he died on the stage (laughs) while singing the song to uh, to die a momentous death. (laughs) <laughs> oh so never mind the that's expression. giving it your all it is and never mind you know it ain't over till the fat lady sings it ain't over till yes. the guy dies mm-hmm. there you go <laughs> eric what else you got well let's skip ahead to uh the, the mid-1980s and you know when the cds first came out it it, it it sold through the roof people were just buying up the cds in their catalog items and new uh, and new albums, um, Dire Straits loved this technology. And one of the songs that they were recording for their Brothers in Arms album was a song called "Money for Nothing." And they ended up getting their good friend Sting to come in and sing one of the lines, "I want my MTV." And we all know that line in the beginning of the song and in the, in in the main part of the chorus. In fact, MTV used that line as their tagline for much of the decade. Well, the way Sting had sung that line, I Want My MTV, was the same way and the same melody as Don't Stand So Close to Me by The Police, which Sting had written. Nobody in the band Dire Straits had realized this until after it was recorded. And once they did, they realized that they now have to put Sting as a songwriter for Money for Nothing. The album went to sell 32 million copies around the world. So Sting not only got a writing credit on one of the world's biggest albums, but he also got the amount of royalties for it as well, making Sting one of the most successful songwriters of the era simply because of that song alone. Yeah, he was like, I want my wallet full. (laughs) (laughs) He did. And he was drinking a Coca-Cola while he was singing that, imagine. Is right, cool, exactly. I'm going to give you a cool little music thing here. In Japan, in Japanese, actually, there's a word for empty orchestra. And we all know the word <laughs> karaoke. Really? Oh, that's interesting. The word I didn't karaoke. even know that. Okay, let me tell you a quick funny story. Really funny. 
we moved down to Florida. My mom still lived in New York. My mom came down. I said, mom, you can't believe this. My son was only 10. I said, the schools down here are so amazing. They're actually teaching them to speak different languages that my son had learned Chinese. We're in a Chinese restaurant. I've already asked the Chinese waitress to walk over and make believe she's speaking Chinese to him. And he's just going to be saying gibberish back. He's having this long conversation. My mother is like, I am just amazed. It's unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Sounds like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm to me. <laughs> well, that's that's pretty cool. Wow. Sounds like an episode of I Just Lost My Mic. Yeah, mic drop. There you go. Yeah, well, ka yeah, karaoke, I thought that was like a Korean for I think I can sing, and with a couple of drinks in me, I still can't sing. Oh, my God, yeah. Some people should not do karaoke. Really? Well, we talked about pianos a lot. We, uh, we love the piano. Towards the 20th century, Canadian music got a boost from the piano industry. Pianos made in Canada had a reputation for durability, just like the men, which led to growing demand in other countries as well as within Canada. This led to a high number of people being employed in over 40 piano-making factories, and that was just in 1900 alone. It resulted with more Canadian families having pianos in their homes, which led to more citizens learning how to play the instrument and becoming more interested in music itself. Cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Eric, What does what Eric have? I don't care about yours, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> in terms of instruments, I got I got nothing, man. I can't play. I stink at everything, every part of every instrument ever known to man. I'm really good on my on, on the drums, but only on the steering wheel and in <laughs> the car. Red, that's it. At a red light. At a red light. Well, exactly. it's okay. Listen, don't, don't feel bad because isn't it true? I think we had it on our on our show just a few episodes ago. The none of the Beatles knew how to read music. No, no, well, well, I think John knew how to read music, but Paul McCartney didn't. But they just, yeah. they just yeah. wrote the most amazing music in the world. Yeah, 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 and broadly because he can't read music, nobody told him that he couldn't do things this way, and that's where you end up with Eleanor Rigby yeah. and I Yesterday. Can't I can't read music. I I play piano, you know, play keyboards and guitar. I can't read music. So, so hold on, Eric. Uh, so Eric, uh, so uh, Roy was saying, what did you say about the Beatles? That's why it was Eleanor Rigby and Yesterday. And Yesterday, yeah, because if you were to give those those songs to an orchestra or a conductor or a cello player, they would play it very different. It doesn't make any sense when you take a look at the notes, how a brain could think of that. But because Paul McCartney didn't know that and he didn't know the structure of notes, that's how he came up with those songs. Is yeah. you, you told somebody to go you know, write a, write a line or two for a trumpet, the trumpet player would kind of have a structure with how notes should go. You give my mom the same thing, she might create free jazz right in front of you. Right. Or it might sound like really bad karaoke. That, that's true, too. <laughs> Probably that. Probably that. She would be like, what am I, what am I holding this for exactly? Hey, I got, I got one. There was a guy named Orlando... Del de Lassus in the uh, Renaissance period, he was the greatest opera singer. I had two opera ones. Mm -hmm. He was the greatest opera singer of his time, Orlando de Lassus. He was so talented as a boy and so popular, and music was so important during the Rena Renaissance that he was kidnapped not once, not twice, but he was kidnapped three times. In fact, he was a boy at the time. When they brought him back, he was 52. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> Can you imagine, though? They kidnapped this kid, 
three times because they said he's just so talented we have to kidnap him. Now, there was no recording back then. So what did they do? They kidnapped him and what, had him sing out a window or something? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell did they do with him? They had to have him sing, right? Was <laughs> Yeah, sing for your supper. Sing, yeah. In that case, sing for your ransom. Yeah. Because they kidnapped yeah. him. Wow. Yeah. I like lasagna. <laughs> sure, yeah, he's lost his noodles. What else you got, Eric? Okay, so back in 2016, the music industry had a really, really good year. Adele released her new oh, album. Yeah. Drake released an album. Beyonce released an album. Who do you think sold the most CDs that year? I'm going to recuse myself from this because I know the answer. Do you really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. this. I love this. Mozart sold the most CDs in 2016 thanks to a Universal Music box set that paid tribute to the 225th anniversary of the composer. 200 discs were in the box set. It ended up selling well over 100,000 copies, making just the amount of millions of, of albums sold from Mozart. In fact, um, it's still one of the biggest box sets in music history, but out of all those artists, some dead composer ended up selling more CDs than everybody else combined. Well, Eric, you, you, you have to understand that it's very hard to stump Nick and I, because we are so useless <laughs> that yeah. it just, it's everything useless is in our heads. So I'm going to really freak you out and I'm going to test you now. Uh oh, when Sting recorded with Dire Straits, where did they record? You can tell me the area. You don't even have to tell me the specific place. Um, Air Studios? No. No, in the, in the it wasn't in Montreal. It, it wasn't in, in the Caribbean. It was in the Caribbean. Oh, they called wow. him up. He was on vacation. They got him down to the Caribbean, and they recorded it there. We should all be at the Caribbean. Yeah. So... Yeah, but I mean, we're just so fully useless. It's useless. It is. See, they, they, and they were drinking. It's amazing <laughs> we're married, isn't it? Like, is it? Isn't it great that we have found other people in our lives? Oh, that... don't don't you worry, Eric. They call us useless just as well. Don't right. worry. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no worries. Why about do you that. think I? Why do you think I tweet so much? She's it's... called me other things. In fact, she's called me beep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they were down in the Caribbean recording that song. They were drinking rum and Coca Cola. <laughs> While listening to Mozart. <laughs> exactly. That, Nick's so useless, he has the wrong song. <laughs> I could never be a DJ. Never. Wow. Okay, let's let's do one more. One more bonus one. What do you think? Yeah. So you know Jeff Beck Band, correct? Yep. You know who was the original lead singer of the Jeff Beck Band? It, it was it was you, Rory. Well, probably. But you know, I was you know, no, 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 no. Some guy named Jeff. Actually, Rod Stewart was the original singer in the Jeff Beck band. But Jeff Beck wanted to go to Woodstock and Rod Stewart said, it's too controversial for me. I don't want to do it. And Jeff Beck said, the last time I looked, this is called the Jeff Beck band, not the Rod Stewart band. So take a walk. <laughs> and Rod Stewart did take a walk to about what? 20 big monster hit records. Yeah. But, okay. But in the same day, uh, Jeff bumps into guitarist for Led Zeppelin. Oh, Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page, he bumps into Jimmy Page and he says to Jimmy Page, what are you doing? Are you going to Woodstock? And he says, no, I'm no longer in that band. I'm starting a new band. And he said, what's the name of it? He said, we don't have a name yet. He said, what kind of music are you going to play? He said, we're going to play like, you know, like rock blues. And he said, rock blues, that'll go over like a Led Zeppelin. 
And he went back page and told the rest of the guys, I got the name of the band, Led Zeppelin. So not only did he lose Rod Stewart that day, but he named Led Zeppelin. But he got a, he got a band name. That's that's batting 500. That's OK. <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. That's all right. That, that was a and good I, day. And I made all of that up. No, 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 no. No, we used because to <laughs> because as 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 great as that story, there really isn't a band called Led Zeppelin. No, no, no. In fact, I'm going to like the movie yesterday. I'm going to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And here's Roy's brand new single. You heard it first called Whole Lot of Love. I hope you like oh, it. And cashmere. Yeah. <laughs> so so before we let Eric go, because we have other stuff to go on here on the show, but no, Roy, Roy, Nick, you go and leave Eric here. <laughs> Wow. Well, I'm not done cleaning, so yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll we'll back clean up here. So Roy, tell us a little bit about your country western. You were delving into that world of writing country music. You've wrote a, a single or two or five. I've I've wrote I wrote a song for my son's wedding. I recorded it with this guy who had a recording studio. He said to me, "Oh, that's a really good song. I really like that song. I like the words." He goes, "Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you put some words to some music I have?" And he hands me about. I don't know, 15 songs. So I call him back a couple of weeks later and I got some stuff to work with with him. And then we started working. And next thing you know, we wrote about 30 country Western songs, which I know nothing about country music. I don't even know country Western stars. I have absolutely no clue. But we wrote a whole bunch of uh, country Western music. Yeah, I've watched Westerns on TV. Does that count? Mm -hmm. Does that count? No. no, not at all. <laughs> I've been in countries before. Other countries, yeah. See, see country. Have, yeah. Have you guys been to Nashville? Yes. Nashville's a blast. Nashville's amazing. It's great. Na Nashville is the kind of place where you know you can throw a stone and hit four songwriters. It's the place to be. Yeah, yeah I, was, I did that I, once, and that's why I was banned from Nashville. But yeah, it is a great place <laughs> to visit. You literally hit four songwriters. Yeah, exactly. You got to like, be really bad to get banned from Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a band from Nashville? No, I was banned from Nashville. <laughs> Eric, I can't tell you how thrilled we are for you to join us today and give us some. Oh, really, happy to do it. It's gold. so good to see you guys. I, I, you know, I think we can invite him back. Ray, what do you think? You think we should have him back in a future episode? I, I I'm still well, up. Don't, don't tell I'm me. I'm still up for him uh, doing the show with me. <laughs> don't tell me in front of me. You gotta surprise me. Okay, Plus, well, this guy cleans incredibly. Yeah, he, he cleans up. He does. His fox stunk, but boy, you know, <laughs> smells cleanly fresh in here. That's right. The keys on my computer are perfect. <laughs> you can check him out on the Eric Alper show, and find. You can also check out at that Eric Alper on SiriusXM. He's a shameless idealist, but you know what? He knows a lot more about. He knows he knows more music than we even can even look up on Google. Eric Alper, thank you once again for joining us here on Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. Great meeting you. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. Nothing is science, science, science. Do you wake up stiff at night? <laughs> After a good bout of toe sucking, I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's coming up later in news from around the world. Oh boy, yeah, scientists have discovered that we wake up stiff and Ooh. achy because Ooh. our body's natural ibuprofen has not kicked in yet. As the day darkens into night and the circadian clocks and joint tissue suppress inflammation, that's what's going on. I need to stop you. Yes. Nick, please stop with these big words. Circadian <laughs> clock. Yes. 
We all I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a Timex right now. <laughs> takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Takes a sucking like toes, like toes. <laughs> no, he's sucking toes, not licking them. Um, so our body's biological clock suppresses the anti-inflammatory proteins while we sleep. Once the mor- morning streams around, you've you've struggled and to, you moved around a bit and stretch. The body begins producing its anti-inflammatory compounds again, and then you feel less pain. Oh, wow. Pretty cool. Yeah. As humans, we carry genes from other species. In fact, our genomes consist of over 145 genomic sequences that belong to other species. So, for instance, some animals, fungi, that's what I am at a party, (laughs) a fungi. That's what they say, yeah. Yeah, viruses, bacterias, but we actually have those exact gene strands. So if we were to cut them at that point, we would be that. <laughs> That's wild. Wow. Isn't it? And then you mix it all together in a, a, a bar shaker and you've got a human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shaken, not stirred. <laughs> that and a martini. <laughs> yeah, moldy olives. Uh, remember Pop Rocks? As a kid? Yes. I never ate them because they said you would die. Well, that was the rumor. Remember, uh, there was a rumor saying that the kid who played, the actor who played Mikey with those cereal commercials, the life cereals. Yes. Apparently, they said that he had died from that. I think that was just a rumor. But back in... I wasn't a very good friend, Nick, to most of my friends, because what I would do is get the Pop Rocks and have them eat them first to see if it was going to kill them. And I'm sorry about giving you that box of Pop Rocks. I was saying, wow, what, what a thoughtful Christmas gift. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Friends for 40 years. Almost Um, (laughs) back in 1956, a food chemist, William Mitchell, invented Pop Rocks for general foods while he was trying to make an instant soft drink. After all the hassle of convincing people they were not dangerous, Pop Rocks were discontinued in the mid 1980s, but they have since been resurrected. Makes so much sense. If you added water, it started fizzing, like almost like an Alka-Seltzer, but, you know. Exactly. Well, the main ingredients. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, because the main ingredients of Pop Rocks was um, the sugars, sugar flavorings, and carbon dioxide. In this this case, it is a non-toxic gas, unlike our gas that we release. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm I'm toxic as hell. (laughs) According to patents, the making of gasified candy... The mixture is heated up to 280 degrees Fahrenheit and carbon mm-hmm. dioxide is added under pressure at 40 at 600 PSIs. Nobody cares, Nick. No. We just want the pop rocks. <laughs> By the way, that gas thing, I've actually lifted my body off of a chair. You've seen that that the magician yeah. that lifts his body up? Yeah. No big deal. I do that all the time. It's not le- <laughs> it's, it's not levitation, it's fluctuation. Here is some staggering numbers for you on the show, folks. Humans have three billion pairs of DNA. Those three billion pairs make up approximately 25,000 genome sequences. That's what makes us a human. We discussed that before. Now, here's the cool part. We have 30 to 40 trillion cells in our body. 30 to 40 trillion cells. Each one of those cells contains an exact copy of our entire 3 billion DNA pairs. Wow. The math 
is astronomical. It's in the gagillions or whatever. So, you know, whatever the hell they call that number. Yeah, after so many numbers. Exactly. Yeah. Um, remember, the, do you know the expression, the cockles of your heart? It's warm in the cockles of your heart. You know, maybe you know that expression, Nick, but I no, don't. I don't. No, no. So it, you know, they say it, it it goes right to the cockles of your heart. Well, the mm-hmm. there is actually the cockles. There it, it exists. It does exist. The cockles of the heart are its ventricles, named by some in Latin as cochlei cordis, mm-hmm. not coitus, the old cordis, <laughs> yes. or cochlea. <laughs> Alluding to their shape, like a snail. The saying, mm. the the expression, by the way, is it means warm and gratifying to one's deepest feelings. So we do have the cockles of your heart. So you use your cockle to do the cordis? <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> yeah, I use the cockles folks, to suck folks. On- don't try this at home. <laughs> yeah, do not. You listen, laugh, and learn. Just don't do what we tell you to do. But if you go to uh, nickandroy.com, you can see pictures of us, and you may want to. Whatever. Suck our okay. toes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Suck on our toes. Yeah. <laughs> it's now believed that the atmosphere of Neptune. Now, we discussed this once on the show about Saturn. Right. Now they believe that Neptune and Uranus have such large mass that their atmosphere contains such extreme pressure that if it was to rain, the carbon in the co2 uh, in the in the um water the carbon matter in the water would literally rain down as diamonds oh so yes it could rain diamonds on they believe neptune uranus and saturn and right after the show i'm going there yeah. <laughs> uranus <laughs> i'm going up uranus <laughs> Right. Yeah, we we uh we just met up with a proctologist. Yeah. Yeah, I'll turn the radio on and listen to a Neptune. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm driving in my yeah, uh, yeah. 1984 on. Saturn. Yeah, you know <laughs> let, let me just uh chug down these pop rocks, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> hey, this comes to a good friend of mine, Tom Young from Toronto. He actually does um he does the home radio engineering for the Toronto Blue Jays. Tom Young mm-hmm. has been around the radio a long time, so thanks to Tom. Nick, for this you're one. dropping a whole lot of names on this show. Oh yeah, you know? I'm just uh, I'm just full of names. We're very famous people, folks. I just yeah. want you to know that. Yeah, we just <laughs> we just know a lot of famous people's names is what we know. We're actually infamous in most banks, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and post offices where they say "wanted, dead, or alive." What they can't make up their more mind. dead, yeah, more dead, more right? dead than alive. In fact, just kill them. We'll give you the reward. There you go. Just get them out of our hair. So Tom from Toronto says, so we up here in Canada have the metric system, mm-hmm. and you, Roy, down in the United States and and most countries are not in metric system, right? So I'm going to give we you have some- the right system, but go ahead. <laughs> That's right. That's correct. So Canada has adopted the metric system, by the way, on April 1st, 1975. So they thought it was some kind of joke. But no, in 1975, wow. that's how long that Canada has adopted the metric system. So instead of you trying to do the formula, and I think it's like you take the temperature, cut it in half and whatever, I'm going to give you some benchmarks. Mm-hmm. 16 degrees Celsius is 61 Fahrenheit. So you just invert oh, the numbers, okay? Just reverse it. Yeah, that's cool. The same as 28 degrees Celsius is 82 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, see, now I can do it. 
if it's 40 degrees, you have a fever and you should go to a hospital because it's 104. Oh. So you you take the four. Starting to lose me now. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So 16 is 61, 28 is 82. And okay, that helps, though. That helps, because yeah. if I knew it was like 80 degrees, it would probably be like 26 degrees Celsius. Exactly. There you go. See, See, I'm pretty good with this. You could be Canadian. Yeah. A. <laughs> and yeah. B, yeah. And B, yes. A, B, A, C, D, monkeys? <laughs> okay. Get your pens ready to write this down. How many T-Rex dinosaurs roamed the Earth? We all talk about population of humans and how there's too many humans and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So we've only been around for a short period of time. I don't know exactly the amount of generations, but I'll do the math with um, Nick. (laughs) First, let's say that the dinosaurs, the T-Rex dinosaurs had upwards of one 127,000 generations. Now that's a long time, yeah. folks. 127,000 generations. If you do the math, there are approximately 2.5 billion T Rexes that have walked the earth. Wow. That many. That's even more dangerous than the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> Or eating pop rocks or sucking. What are you talking about? Think of the environmental impact of just their poop alone. Dinosaur poop, yeah. I mean, it's got to be the size of a car, right? Right. I mean, if (laughs) I I go buy my poop and then increase the size. (laughs) Proportionately, yeah. Imagine Uh, if they had gastric problems or, or flatulence. In order for you to have gastric problems, you'd be listening to totally useless information with Nick yeah. and Roy. You'd have to eat something. Your weekly sweet and savory facts of totally useless information with Nick and Roy. Come and get it! Am I going to go first, Nick? I think so. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Grapefruits were an accident. Oh. This is a true story. Farmers crossed an orange and a pomelo. What the hell is a pomelo? I, don't, I was just going to ask you, what the hell is Somebody a pomelo? Somebody needs to write us in if they've ever eaten a pomelo. I'm going to look it up but, while you, I'll do it. But I'll, pomelos, yeah. yeah, we do this from time to time, folks. We we check ourselves. Yeah, well. But they crossed an orange, <laughs> we check yeah. ourselves with the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> it's called a checkup from the neck up. Yeah. <laughs> Our yeah. doctor's a psychiatrist. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, the orange and the pomelo were crossed, and boom, the grapefruit, a freak fruit, was made, and it caught on, and they kept doing it, and grapefruits. Well, the scientific name for pomelo is the citrus maxima, or citrus grandis. Yeah. Sure. I also named uh, myself that, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Grand- Royus. Royus Magnus, Royus Greatest. Yeah, Maxim. Mm-hmm. Uh, known as the apricot capital of the world, Patterson, California is a rural town that yields 95,000 tons of fruit each year. Patterson apricots are well known because of their high yield and delicate flavor. They're a member mm. of the Rose family. Apricots have been around for over 4,000 years. And because they're a relative of the peach family, they're a great source of vitamin A, which 
aids in improving eye health, so you can see better. And apricots do not contain any saturated fats, sodium, or cholesterol. And I believe they're in the almond family too, correct? They're, that's right, because they are the good fruit. Wow. Yeah. See, folks, you learn a whole load of stuff. So people must, you, most, most of you guys that listen to this show know that Coca-Cola at one time contained cocaine mm. when it was first invented by the guy named John Pemberton. He invented Coca-Cola. But get your pens again, folks. Did you know that he invented it because he was addicted to morphine after being wounded in the Civil War years before? They gave him morphine. He liked it a lot and kept taking it. But he was so addicted to morphine that he wanted to get himself off of it. So he invented Coca-Cola with cocaine to help try to wean him off the morphine. Yeah. <laughs> How crazy is that? So he was hooked on morphine. Mm -hmm. He took cocaine to, to kick the morphine habit. Yes. And then he smoked weed so that he can get rid of the cocaine habit. Exactly. Yeah. That's natural progression. He called it pot of cola. <laughs> <laughs> marshmallows. Do you like marshmallows? I am a big fan of them, Nick. Yeah, they're a fan of yours, too. Uh, they came from your favorite place in the whole wide world, France. Where, oh, yeah. I love French. French food. My favorite is French fries. <laughs> it sure is. In France, where cooks made a confection called, and I'm going to butcher this, so I apologize my French, pâté mm -hmm. de guamave. Ooh. From the juice of a plant called the marshmallow. There's a marshmallow plant. Yes, that's how they get the marshmallow. That's right. It's a marshmallow plant. Yes. They call it marshmallow. Nah, yeah, everybody okay. knows that, right? The, <laughs> the stick, well, they know now. Listen, laugh, and learn. The sticky juice of the plant was mixed with eggs and sugar, then beaten to a foam. But the marshmallows we buy today no longer make the use of the marshmallow plant. Because why not? Because sugar was invented. Corn syrup. <laughs> uh, they're made of beaten egg whites, gelatin, and yes. sugar syrup. There you go. In 1970, mm -hmm. roughly six, this is a quick one, roughly $6 billion was spent on fast food in 1970. In 2021, that number reached $200 billion. Whoa. That's a fast buck. It is. <laughs> <laughs> or a slow deer. That's one Big Mac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we've all seen and, and had ice cream from Dairy Queen. Have you, you, mm -hmm. you have Dairy Queen down in, in Florida? We do. We have, uh, but most of them went out of business. Oh, we have lots of uh, Dairy Queens up here in, in Canada. So come on up to Canada, Toronto. You've got a whole lot of queens up there in Canada. Yes, but we that's do. another story, it isn't is. it? Well, Dairy Queen got it. Aren't name. they on your money as well? But <laughs> no, that's the queen. That's the that's called queen. a save. No, that's a big time. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. No, it's okay. You, you can hang up. The lawyers can hang up now. We've saved ourselves. <laughs> Dairy Queen got its name from the man behind its soft serve ice cream, Jack McCullough, because his creation was a queen among dairy products. Ah. The company likes to say that it's because it celebrates thinking differently and they have an upside down philosophy. 
because what they say is when you order a blizzard, you can it's so thick you can actually turn it upside down and it wouldn't come out of the cup. And yeah. it was part of a marketing gimmick. If your blizzard fails to perform that trick, the stores are supposed to give you that treat on the house. And kind of anticlimactic, though. I mean, if the guy was really an optimist, he would have called it Dairy King. No, but Burger, <laughs> Burger King was already around, and so they didn't want to have a, a conflict oh, or anything. Oh, okay, yeah. But if you go to a Dairy Queen, and if your blizzard isn't flipped in front of you, you can get a free one on your next visit. So don't tell them you you heard this on Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. You go there, and if they don't turn the blizzard upside down, you should get it for free. I always thought that a Dairy Queen was a confused male cow. Okay. <laughs> you get high, right? And then what do you do? You get the munchies and you go eat pizza. So it's kind of synonymous. You get high, you eat pizza. Or in New York, White Castles. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But for this one, we're going to say pizza. Nick. Okay. Don't ruin it for me. Okay. <laughs> so, but here comes the cool part. Yeah. What was the highest pizza delivered? The highest pizza? Yes. In 2016, Pizza Hut delivered a pizza to the top of Kilimanjaro, setting a new world record for highest pizza delivered. The person that ordered it, he wanted the pizza free because he said it took more than 30 minutes. <laughs> to climb the mountain. <laughs> what a great idea. Order a pizza and, and you know they can't get it up there in 30 minutes unless yeah. they deliver it by drone. Ah, See? I don't know if the drone would work. Because it's oh, the pressure, too, oh. not enough air. Yeah, that, that's why I, I know helicopters have a hard time going up there. That's why I'm not in the uh, drone business. I'm totally useless information. Yeah. Uh, the Caesar salad was originated in a Mexican city. What? The Caesar salad started in Tijuana. Restaurant tour chef. You want to what? Tijuana salad. Tijuana salad. Restaurant tour. I want to know about the toe sucking, but go ahead. <laughs> That's coming up a little Folks, later. Stay with us. News stay with around us. the world. Go, go right. with your Caesar salad. So Chef <laughs> Caesar, his name is Chef Caesar Cardini, was hosting a Fourth of July celebration. He ran out of food and simply threw some ingredients he had lying around in the kitchen, and he made this unique salad. The Caesar dressing is actually supposed to be like a vinaigrette, not like the white stuff that you buy in supermarkets. It's made by combining minced garlic, anchovies in a bowl, mixed with a raw egg. Olive oil is added to it, and then you can add lime juice, salt, pepper, Worcestershire sauce. Did I say that right Parmesan, for a change? Parmesan cheese. And Parmesan cheese and some Dijon mustard. Mm -hmm. The result hue of the dressing should be yellow, and once again, do not be fooled by the white version that you find in supermarkets is nowhere near the original recipe. But uh, they stopped making the basic one because of the um, egg yolk. Wrong, yeah. People were getting salmonella all over Mexico. I know a guy named Sal Manella. He was a great guy. He went to school. I know. I knew his wife, Sally. Sally Manella. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I got for food? What? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Good for nothing. Well, here's something. Okay, here's something. If you go to our website, nickandroy.com, you go to contact us and you send us an email. And you say, well, what happens when you, you click on contact us, you write your email and you put all your information there and you get it, and we get it. And then we do this. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? Mm. 
Susan from Buffalo, New York writes, Dear Nick and Roy, we want to thank you for providing lots of interesting information every week. I know that the name of your show is totally useless information. She's so smart, I tell you. Mm, I can't put one over on her. No, but I learned so much <laughs> from your show. Here's my question. Where did the honorific Mr. and Mrs. come from? Ooh, the honorific. Yeah. I like this one. That, that's, yeah. <laughs> See, she's from Buff even though she's from Buffalo, New York. Uh, yeah. the, hello, people from Buffalo. The abbreviation Mr. comes from Middle English, where it was the abbreviation of Master. Master was the original preferred title for a young unmarried man, mm -hmm. and Mr. was specific to those who were married. Now, yeah. I remember when uh, when I was a kid, my aunt would write, would send me a birthday card, and she would write Master Nick Majorano. The <laughs> miss is short for mistress. In modern times, the word mistress is used primarily to refer to a female lover of a man who's married to another woman. But in the case of an unmarried man, the term mistress was originally used as a neutral feminine counterpart to mister or master. So there you go. You learn, you learn, you listen, you laugh, you learn. We say it all the time. But honestly, where the hell could you get this information? I'll tell you, other than this show and uh, www.nickandroy.com. Yes. But anyway, I have a mailbag. I scoured through them and I found Martha from Charleston, South Carolina. And Martha says, my sister, well, she says, hi, guys. So that's a very nice introduction. Hi. So, hi, Martha. How hi, are Martha. you? Hi, Martha. Hi. My sister turned me on to your show, which turned on to the show could be a bit of a drug, uh, you know, thing. But, but anyway, and then she writes, it should be illegal. Your show should be illegal. Why? Because yeah. it's like crack. Oh, <laughs> I can't stop listening. So, Martha, you have a little bit of a problem here. You associate everything with drugs. <laughs> okay. I want everyone to know out there that our show is not like crack. No. It is more like, let's say, um, a mild form of morphine. Like Mr. Pemberton. That's right. <laughs> no, 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 and no. if you drink a bottle of Coke or a can of Coke while you're listening to our show, you complete the circle. Well, thank No, but you. when I read it, I said Martha's got to be on the show because this woman made two drug insinuations to our show. And, and not only that, but she was capable of going to NickAndRoy.com and actually send a coherent email. You know, they used to call me Righteous Roy, and you can you can attest to that because I didn't like drugs. Right. That's right. So, so, Martha, thank you so much. I'm glad we crack you up. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there you go. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with the addictive Nick and Roy. And now for something completely useless. Here's something useless for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mozart was the first and we used Mozart in the show today with Eric, right? right? Yeah. Mozart was the first person to have a candy bar named after him. His name was put on a chocolate bar called Mozart Kugel. Mozart Kugel and it sold all over Austria. It was a big hit. If you if you then take that word apart and put it into English, it's called Mozart's balls. 
So okay. anyone who would like to, you know, enjoy eating Mozart's balls <laughs> could go, to could go there. Yeah. yeah, and just go see, like, you know, could you imagine the commercial? Hey, come on, eat Mozart's balls. You'll love them. They're sweet. They're candy. <laughs> it melts in your mouth, not in your hands. <laughs> wow. Uh, brass can keep you healthy. It has been tested and found. This is almost like a science one. Yeah, no, it's a good one. <laughs> it is. Uh, it, so brass has been tested and found. It is mm -hmm. able to sterilize itself in the span of just eight hours. Other metals like silver, copper, and copper alloys are able to kill bacteria better. Silver, purportedly, is very robust disinfectant. Yes. But not many would be able to afford doorknobs made out of silver or pure copper. So instead, a far cheaper alloy consisting of copper and zinc, which is brass, is made to is used to make bacteria zapping doorknobs. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, zinc's zinc's good against bacteria too. It is, see? That's why they say to take zinc so you don't get a cold. Exactly. So uh, today on the show, we had a very special guest, Eric Alper, talking about music. We had a lot of fun with that. Thank you again, Eric. We talked about food, and we talked about science. It's time for the news. And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News. I know you've been pushing the fast-forward button on most of the episodes, so I bet you, one might, might, you might want to go back and listen to the show because you just kept hitting forward until you wanted to hit the news from around the world. I'm just a two-second fool. Go ahead. Police in Florida are warning residents to be on the lookout for a criminal who has a thing for toes, sucking mm -hmm. on toes. Yep. A yep. Bradenton man. Where's Bradenton in Florida? Do you know? You happen to know? I know exactly where it is. It's by Sarasota, Florida. Okay. It's about maybe an hour and 20 minutes from me here in uh, Fort Myers. Okay. A Bradenton man, uh, and you, Roy just gave you the exact location, so stay away from that place because a man. Bradenton. 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 A Bradenton man was sound asleep when he woke up to find a stranger sucking on his toes. Oh, my. According to the police report, the man's toes were in the stranger's mouth when he awakened from his slumber. When asked by the victim what the man was doing, the stranger replied he was there to suck toes. Simple as he, that. He says, look, don't be alarmed. I'm just here to suck on your toes. That's it. Do not set the alarm. I'm just he broke in. He, he broke, broke in. in. And he he just simply he didn't go for the jewelry he didn't go for the electronics he went no. straight for the toes. He went for the big toe. We're not sure. It doesn't say which toe. We don't we don't know if it was the big toe or the little toe that went we 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 all the was way. Was the home. man wearing socks? Were his feet clean? There's a lot of people down here in Florida. We don't we don't wear socks, and the feet could be dirty. This man might have been sucking some dirty toes. Well, here's what happened, though. The victim immediately began throwing punches at the stranger in an attempt to remove oh. the man's mouth from his toes. Oh, that was a bit of an overreaction. <laughs> but during the melee, the toe-sucking suspect claimed to have a gun. What? He yeah. had a gun now. He claimed to have a gun. The suspect fled the area after being pummeled by the victim. But not wow. before he punched out the man's front window and broke the windshield of a car after climbing on top of the vehicle. 
Wow. I mean, come on now. There was no need for that man to be punching the hell out of him. I mean, the guy was just having a little toe-sucking fun. Could you imagine he was toe-sucking on his wife and he was like, Hello, Miss Piggy. This little piggy went to bark. Yes. According to police, because the police have given a description, okay? The suspect was bald. He was bald. Yeah. Wearing headphones. And his name was Nick. No. <laughs> and this is where I got this is where I was alarmed. Bald male between the ages of twenty and twenty-five. Whoa, so, young sucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> young sucker. Five foot eleven. Mm-hmm. So a little bit taller than I am. And yeah. weighed 160 pounds. I'm way, way, way off that mark. You know that guy. I, I bet you we could find this guy. We'll just go to all the clubs around Bradington. And he's the guy that says to the girls, hey, can you give me your digits? <laughs> In my mouth, of course. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So bald man, age 20 to 25, 5 foot 11, well, I mean, 160 they, pounds. Did they catch him? No. But <sighs> when they do, if they apprehend him, he'll be charged with felony mischief. Ooh. And Florida police are warning residents to be on their toes. <laughs> this is a physical thing because he's sucking toes. Yeah, this is yeah, this is breaking, breaking, entering, and sucking. Yeah, I mean it's one thing if you ask someone, "Excuse me, can I suck your toes?" and they agree to it, then it's a consensual. It's toe consensual su- toe sucking. Yes, but I don't yeah, think this was consensual. Consensual sucking is fine. I mean, I look, Bill Clinton but, made that very consensual toe <laughs> sucking. Wow, speaking. Bill Clinton made it very clear. That, folks, it is not cheating if you get your toes sucked. <laughs> and if you're in the wine business to get your cork sucked. That's it. That's all the time that we have today. And uh, I'm totally used to this information. I'm very upset, folks. I mean, I live down here. There's a man running around sucking toes, and I, I'm very not, I'm nervous. Listen, he's an hour and a half. All the time. He's an hour and a half away from you, but you never know. That's right. Wear shoes and wear your socks if you're. Yeah, that's because we wear a lot of sandals down here. This guy could get just about anybody. Oh yeah, it's like it's like a it's like a buffet of toes. I know this guy's like at the Golden Corral of toe sucking. (laughs) Well, you're just leaving the Golden Corral of totally useless information. We want to thank our very special guest once again, Eric Alper, and you can check his show out on SiriusXM. Thanks for, uh, for providing some useless music information, but really, really interesting at the same time. So thank you, yeah, Eric. He's cool. He's yeah. cool. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Golden Corral. No. <laughs> <laughs> we suck more toes than anybody on the East Coast. Yeah, this week they have fried chicken, all you can eat, and toes. We will scour the Internet and other sources to find more totally useless information for you guys next week. Yeah, and I like my toes buffalo. Buffalo toes. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Tell them what to do. I want to thank everybody that's making this show so popular. Thank Thanks you. again, folks. Tell a friend about the trend. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of NickandRoy.com. Visit NickandRoy.com to access the full library of episodes or wherever you get your podcasts.